Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 174 of the High Sensitivity Podcast, and thank you for listening. If it's your first time here, we talk about video game and movie news, as well as we watched or played over the week. My name's Barry, along with my co-host. Craig Craig, that's my name. Well, one of those Craigs, just one Craig. My name is also Craig, Craig number two. Um, it's hot again, and I hate it. It's supposed to be fall. What is happening? It is. Global yeah, consider. Warming. Yeah, considering it's September and it's hot again. Like uh, August wasn't that bad, but now mm-hmm. it's like okay, we enter no, September and now it's ninety degrees everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Yeah, it's Good thing not you fun. can all stay inside and play Starfield and listen yes. to the news segment of yes. our podcast. Ooh, while you're playing okay. Starfield. Okay. While you're playing while Starfield, Starfield. Exactly. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Not a lot in the news department, but a little bit. Uh, Follow-up from last week, PlayStation Portal is announced to be coming out November 15th for $200. Pre-orders are starting up soon here. We then have Final Fantasy XVI is bringing out two paid DLCs. And one of the bigger updates that just came out later today was the option to customize characters' costumes and, and their weapons. So you're able to edit how Jill looks or what she... The costume she can wear. You're able to ed- edit Clive's sword to look like other Final Fantasy character swords. Uh, yes. It's it's pretty fun. I I like the little fun update. The PC port is now in development, according to the maker, and it's just nice to see that we're gonna get we're gonna get some DLC. I'm cool with it. Yeah, any more of that game? Just keep adding to that game, please. Just more, 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 more. I always feel like I miss out on this stuff because I don't go back and play it. So I'm like, I already beat it. I'm not going to play it again. And then I never do any of this extra add-ons. Really? Kind of a bummer. Yep. I was about to Ever. say, I uh, I like I like the I kind of like the DLC being able to go back, like I do with Horizon Forbidden mm-hmm. West. Like yeah, I hadn't I played that, that in so long, and then the D- DLC comes out, and I'm excited to go back and play. I wish I this did. I, like... just, I just don't anymore. Hmm. Yeah, and this is like the number one game that the three of us are struggling not to replay. Mm-hmm. Because you know, because of the fact that there's so many new games coming out, so give us more content, we will play it most likely next year. Next. Year. Now, so I feel like I know one of the ones that Craig's going to talk about, so I'll leave that one for Craig. Next one is going to be the PlayStation Plus fiasco. Uh, they mm-hmm. are raising the uh, prices a lot. Uh, I have a, I have a little grid here. The essential uh. plan yearly is going up from sixty to eighty bucks. The extra is going from 100 to 135 Ugh. and then the premium plan is going up to uh from 120 to 160 <laughs> that is That's tough that is tough for me gas uh, i am yeah. <laughs> i'll be i'll be honest as someone who like i have i pay for the playstation pre like the playstation mm-hmm. premium plan um I am not looking forward to paying an extra 160 bucks. I'll be completely honest. Though I guess yeah. what um, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate is what like 16 dollars a month or something or 15, 15. So mm-hmm. at least cost is about the same, like money wise uh, on a monthly basis. But PlayStation has yet to really floor me with what they're bringing out with it. Yeah. I get there's a lot of their classics uh, catalog on there. I get that, but that's not what a lot of people are going for. Um, even for me, I, I played Sly Cooper. That is what I went to the catalog for and, you know, played a bunch of Sly Cooper. And then I was like, okay, I'm good for now. 
Like, I better see the reason for this as we continue to go along here. Why we're going to have to be paying more. Do you... I don't see why people would keep paying the plan considering it's going up 40 bucks, especially for the premium plan yep. and the extra yeah. plan going up to th- and going up by 35 bucks. Like why, what is the point? There has to be a point on Sony's end. So if we it better meant see- that they were going to be like adding a significant amount to the library or like bigger name games, that's fine. But like, like you said, I haven't really been blown away by what's on there no. since it started. Also, I don't know if like I'm assuming because I didn't see. I think if you pay monthly, it's the same, right? It doesn't change. Like it's still the 17, yeah, or something. Because I, with uh, Game Pass and PlayStation Plus, I pay monthly. I don't mm-hmm. pay the yearly, and I know it's more expensive. But in my mind, I'm just like, uh, it's like eighteen dollars a month for Sony and fifteen for well, Xbox. Who's laughing now? Craig, yeah. you're laughing now. <laughs> I guess because it's. I guess it's. I'm paying the same as everybody else, but. I actually thought about canceling it now because I was like, man, I don't even remember the last time I used it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and essentially, like since PlayStation Plus has been a thing, I have not I have considered obviously being a PlayStation Plus subscriber for more than just the Internet online play capability. This is insanely outrageous. And what I'm guessing, because gamers are smart and resourceful is people are just stacking right now before that that happens um and and it's kind of funny because back when xbox raised their prices i was like oh that's that sucks like that's that's how i thought about it in that type of like uh urgency it's oh man darn it (laughs) raise prices again well it's not as bad as netflix right you know and then playstation turns around and essentially is charging us for a mazda or charging us for a Ferrari when we're driving a Mazda with their plan, essentially. Yep. You know what I mean? And no offense to any Mazda drivers. I just, that's one of the cars I remember growing up. It was my mom's car. (laughs) He just needed an analogy, ladies and gentlemen. He just needed something. I did. It was reliable and nothing flashy, (laughs) but I don't know. It's, it's quite, it's quite a, quite a hike in terms of the price there. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, if, if they were going to, if you could look at it, like you look at game pass and be like, all right, every, first party Microsoft game is on game pass, then I would have really have no issue with it. But when you look at Sony's first person, first party titles, none of them are on PlayStation plus none of them. So like, why am I paying more? You're not giving or me they God come, of War or they're or coming a lot later. Right. Like that's going to be the thing right. too. like 2018 God of War is on there, but now right. that game is at this point almost six years old. Um, mm-hmm. So that's where, yeah, now I get it. <laughs> At, at this point, you want to like negotiate fall releases based off of this. It's like, all right, okay, cool. Give me the hike, but give me Alone in the Dark, yep. Assassin's Creed, and like something else day one. Like, you know, you almost want to kind of sit in with them and be like, all right, then give me like, give me, give me something, yeah, to justify it because we have this conversation all the time of Game Pass versus PlayStation Plus, and I have four or five games between now and November that I'm truly excited to play that are on Game Pass and well worth make Game Pass well worth the cost. Yep. So what what are we doing, PlayStation? What are we doing? Sorry, sorry, Sony. What are we doing, Sony? Do you think it would have gone over better if they would have done like, yes, here's the new price, but we're giving you whatever the next big 
PlayStation first party game, we're going to have Spider-Man on day one, then or, it would have been OK. Uh, either that or something where it's we just have an idea of what's coming down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, give us like, a landscape. Yeah. Xbox has always been so clear with with what they've been doing with with Game Pass, where it's Sony, it seems to be. Oh, you know what? We're going to do this price hike, but we're not going to tell you why. And I and I get that maybe they're trying to save a surprise. There are rumors that a state of play is coming out sometime in September, focusing on Japanese developers or Chinese developing games. So, you know, there's a chance that there are some cool games on there that are coming free due to this price hike. But we don't know this. We you know, they could at least be like, stay tuned for details or something like that to have an idea that they're doing it. But it's just like, okay, this price hike goes and it starts September 6th of this year, of this month, of this week. Yep. Uh, and it's like kind of kind of this whole like it, they, it feels like they're trying to do it in a very dirty sense. Like yep. by the by by the time people start asking for PlayStation Plus renewals for Christmas and things like that, like I do, uh, it's now just um, it's like, oh, wait, it's forty dollars more now. And it's like, really? Like just in time for the holiday season. <laughs> yep. Or they could have even done like Final Fantasy 16 will be on PlayStation Plus Premium next week to coincide yeah. with the hike, you know? Like they could have done that. They could have just something. There's a lot of yeah. options based off yeah. of their the library that they could show, you know, show off. Yep. So And then lastly, for me, is the Starfield release issues. Uh, We've had a lot. There's been a lot of issues with Starfield as of right now. The most interesting release issue that I've (laughs) been seeing is people have been pre-ordering the Coalition Edition for Starfield that has the early access, all of the collector's edition stuff. But people are getting it for the wrong systems. Uh, people are saying they got the pre-ordered Xbox or versions and getting PC versions <laughs> instead. Um, I am it. very interested to see what ends up happening because apparently businesses like GameStop, according to what I've been reading on the Reddits and everything like that, have been telling people like, hey, like if like you can return it, but we can't guarantee we're, we can get you an Xbox one. And it's like, well, I pre-ordered one. Isn't that the whole point? Um it just doesn't seem like that's the they. It doesn't seem like that's that's a fixable issue at this point. For whatever reason, uh, retailers sent out the wrong edition of the game to certain people, and it's like, well, is it just a simple switcheroo, or mm-hmm. did we never have the Xbox version and we're like, oh, we have extra PC versions. Here's the PC version or something like that, or we didn't get enough Xbox versions. Yeah. Um, it's kind of all over the place with Starfield. It seems like there's always some sort of issue with like Bethesda collector's editions. It was the same thing with Fallout 76 where you didn't get a canvas bag. You got like a cheap mm. nylon bag yep. uh, with Fallout 76. So Bethesda just can't do anything right. And <laughs> uh, for, for the most part, I absolutely agree. And we'll talk about Starfield a little bit later as I played it. I cannot over wait week. for that. I cannot <laughs> um, wait for that review. It's a that'd be a simple enough fix for for Microsoft um, specifically just to be like, all right, you got the PC code, just generate them an Xbox one. Yeah, but what about people who want it physically? Oh, like the it's on like that little whatever that is. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like you could still have like you can keep that 
Um, but like, all right, so here's we'll email you the code for Xbox since you want it on Xbox. You can still keep that like it's like it almost looks like a USB stick that it came on. Yeah, the little code. Mm -hmm. And that way you still have it to display. That seems like an easy fix. Yeah, one of the things yeah, do, that I'll go ahead. I was going to say, do those codes come with like a serial number attached to them or anything like that so that you can verify or. I mean, I would assume you'd be able to, like, if you were contacting Microsoft, be like, here's my code. Uh, I pre-ordered for Xbox. It says it's for PC. And they could just be like, all right, here's an Xbox one for you. Deactivate the PC one. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was thinking. Yeah, to piggyback yeah. off of what you literally just said. Yeah, just mm -hmm. deactivate it and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, send the right version. Correct. Yeah, I'm interested to see how this ends up getting fixed. Uh, for the most part, like, the only time I ever had an issue with a release date thing was with like tales of arise when i pre-ordered the collector's edition from bandai namco and like for them mine was just late i didn't it wasn't i you know it was like oh hey we're a little behind on shipping they emailed me a free copy of the game and was like here you can play it while you're waiting for your collector's edition yeah. i gave my code to craig craig's a real one <laughs> over there with over there with it thank you so much for that um but it, it's just like I hope it is that easy. I hope it's just something where you get to swap your codes or something like that for it. But for people who are excited for the game, I can imagine like that is disappointing. Like you're excited to play the game, you're getting ready, and then you realize, crap, I probably just opened this up and I didn't realize it's the PC version. Why did I get the, why did they send me the PC version instead of the Xbox or vice versa? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, if we had the name, yeah, and if we had to name the three games across across three consoles that were the highly anticipated games for the year, it's Starfield on Xbox, Spider-Man 2 probably on PlayStation, mm -hmm. Edges Out, and then um, Tears of the Kingdom on Switch. So, like, you got to get that. You got to get that right. Those yeah. games have to get it right. <laughs> True. Specifically. That is all I have for news. All right. Um, let's go back to Final Fantasy a little bit. I want to go back to Final Fantasy VII Remake because um, I thought this was interesting. Still no word on if it's ever going to come to, to Xbox. I'm going to assume probably not at this point. But we are, have the rumor that Final Fantasy VII Remake will be launching alongside the Switch 2 release. That'd um, be a fun game to have portably. So Yeah, so as of right now, we have... Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake and a new Mario rumored as release games for the Switch 2, which again is supposed to be rumored early next year, 2024. Yeah, um, yeah I would I would play that game on the go. It's a fun game to have. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and it's, I think that's it, good. It looks good too. So it's one of those games that you could actually like test your new hardware with. Yeah. Which is exactly what everybody's going to want to do when they get their new Switch. How long have we been staring at the old hardware? <laughs> I just thought it was funny that like it's probably going to end up on the Switch before it ever comes to Xbox, and that to me like that's hilarious. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> uh, I don't remember uh, about a month or so back when I was talking about the game uh, on record, mm -hmm. the game that looked realistic. Um, yes. Now, yes. no news on that, but I wanted to bring up uh, there's a game coming out called Lost Fragment. Um, if you want to check that out as well, along the same lines where it looks ultra, ultra realistic, but this is a horror game. And my God, does it look terrifying and does it look incredible? So there's about like a 30 second to a minute long 
trailer they have up for this thing, um, go check that thing out because it looks insane. Barry, Will did do. you watch it? No. <laughs> it looks cool. It's the same thing, like kind of walking around like a rundown building. Um, but it's just one of those things that you look at it and you're like, is that real? Is that fake? I don't know. Um, this one, I think, was a little bit easier to tell that it is a game and not like, oh, this might be spliced in with real footage. Uh, but it looks pretty cool. So obviously, I'm excited for that thing. Um, and Unrecord. I want to play both those games real bad. Um, next one I have, Beyond Good and Evil. That's a game that's super close to my heart, as you all know. Uh, is getting mm-hmm. a 20th anniversary edition coming out, which again means that we have been waiting 20 years for Beyond Good and Evil 2. I just want to throw that out there. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping that this means that Beyond Good and Evil 2 is still out there. Um, if there's any type of collector's edition for this 20th anniversary, though, I'm going to be buying that up immediately. Um, yeah. I, I still think people need to be playing that game because it is phenomenal. Uh, and then the last one, got to bring this up, especially in my household. Uh, if you didn't see the Taylor Swift um, tour is was recorded and is going to be released in the movie theaters. Um, just wanted to bring this up because Taylor Swift's huge in my house. It broke the pre-sale records for a weekend. $26 million in pre-sales. I know I am Jeez. included in that amount. Um, <laughs> I'm not going, but I bought two tickets, one for my wife and one for my daughter to go. Um, this thing might actually end up being the highest grossing movie of the year. I really think it will. Um, right, now it's, are nuts. right now it's Barbie. Um, but I think it's going to take it out depending on how long it stays in theaters. Um, because you're talking about how many people, uh, went to the actual tour and how many people didn't make it and now can go to the movie theater to experience it on top of the people who already went and still want to go see it again. This thing, uh, this thing's 2 billion. I'm going to say 2 billion. What do you think? I mean, there's a lot of Taylor Swift fans out there. Also, this is quite genius. And watch this start maybe a wave. Mm-hmm. Because I, the last musical movie I saw in the theaters was um, Michael Jackson, This Is It. Yep. And that was like, after, what is it, posthumous? Is that how you say it? Post, mm-hmm. Posthumous? After he's dead, like the tour he was going to do when he had his medical issues that inevitably led to his death. And that was phenomenal. But like, it wasn't a concert. It was just footage of him doing Michael Jackson things, creating a concert. So, like this, we might see a wave here. Um, yeah, Barry, Dua Lipa next, maybe you're gonna go to that <laughs> much. <laughs> so, like, so I could definitely see it being like the highest grossing like mo- mm-hmm. like movie of the year and things like that. The only thing like I'd kind of wonder is what kind of movie experience is this? Like, it's a concert that's filmed, correct? So. Is it something where like everyone's like up in their seats singing along with yes. Taylor Swift or are you yes. like sitting like no, sitting no, no, no silence? My 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 wife is it's the Eras tour, right? Um, from what I'm told, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, but she's 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 picking <laughs> sure? a oh, um, trust me. She's picking a specific era to dress up as to go to the movie theater with. Oh, um, all right. So. I think, like, from what I understand, this movie is almost three hours long. Now, her concert is over three hours. Um, She's singing for three hours. Now, they did come out and say that no songs were cut, but I think they're kind of cutting out, like, the time it takes to change sets and costumes to condense it down. So I think it's, like, two hours and 45 minutes. Um, 
So I pulled it up, right? So Barbie is at $1.38 billion right now. I think this beats that easily. I think um, it could, but, yeah, absolutely. But if you bring up the highest grossing is Avatar, right? $2.9 billion. Where do you think it lands? You think it does more than that? And again, this depends on how long it stays in theaters. Go ahead. I could see it being like in like getting close to the two billion mark, but not right. there. Like for the most part, what I see is there are a ton of people who won, like can't afford the Taylor Swift tickets. So seeing this movie is a very affordable way to get to experience, quote unquote, right. Right. a Taylor Swift concert. And you're also going to have the people who saw her tour and went to the tour and it's like, man, I wish I could feel that way again. They're going to go see the movie as well. I just have a feeling that like while Taylor Swift has a very large, broad spectrum of fans, I don't think this is going to get something where me and my bros are going to be, yo, that Taylor Swift concert movie, we got to see that. Mm -hmm. Whereas with the Barbie movie, Barbie movie was funny. And it's Mm -hmm. like and there's like there's actual humor with uh, with it. Whereas with a Taylor Swift concert movie, it's song after song after song in which most likely everyone else in the theater is also singing along yep. with uh, with it. So I, I feel like it's a very weird concert experience. I, I'm i almost kind of interested. Yes. I'm not even a Taylor Swift person, mm-hmm. but I think it would be interesting just to like go there and just there you go. like, yeah. like kind Craig, of look around and this? be like, what are all you people doing? Like, this, yeah. this Craig, is Craig, are you seeing theater. this? Here's okay. You just described another demographic of person, yeah. Barry. The experiment, like per, experimental person. Uh, like, that is a very is niche like. crowd. That is a very niche crowd. I don't. Th- so but we'll I don't help with the, hard- the billions. Yeah. <laughs> See. Okay. So they, from what I'm finding, they're saying that the Taylor Swift tour is expected to make two billion dollars in the U.S. alone. Now she's outside the U.S. right now, um, touring now, but she's coming back. Now the thing is, is like. Her tickets, the big thing with this is she recorded this. She got permission to record this before the strike happened so that she could put this out. Um, The big movie companies are mad at her because she literally went to AMC as her own movie and did not go through a distributor like Universal or somebody like that or Disney. Oh, wow. And was like, hey, I recorded this. I want to put it in your theaters, right? So the big movie companies are like, you can't do that. And Taylor Swift's being like, I can do whatever I want. Um, and people are going to come. So she's taking her movie tickets, the prices right now for, in our instance, um, we don't have an IMAX close to us, right? But we do have mm-hmm. a bigger screen format theater close to us. Those ones are $21 and 89 cents for tickets. Normal ticket prices, she said would be $19 and 89 cents for 1989, uh, which is her birth year. So if you think about the amount it's not going to make as much money as like these three four hundred dollar tickets she was getting for the actual concert but think about how many times these people are going to go to this movie probably more yeah. than once right um yeah. plus it's they're brilliant. selling they're selling specialty cups and popcorn bins um i i can speak from my experience uh they she put up this video saying it was coming to theaters my wife showed me, I went on to the AMC website to buy tickets. And this was like five minutes after the, the video came out. The first Friday night was already sold out. Gone. Um, so I was like, this is, I think it's going to do close to to Avatar money. I really do. 
I'm kind of with you, Craig. I think this is a brilliant idea, to be it honest, is. in terms of like if you want to make money and you have that much of, of a fan base, because when you think about it, the people who can't afford the tickets or afford at least what they would expect to be a average concert experience, because obviously you have no nosebleed section, right. all those other type of sections, you spend significantly less money to get a screen that I don't care who you are besides the 1%. You're not your screen. The television in your home isn't that large. Yep. It's not and, even. Half and your large. sound system isn't as good. And your sound system. Yep. Yeah. So you're going to go in, you're going to listen specifically to a concert movie that's going to specifically have just her entire concert playing. You are allowed to just sing along because who would go there and shush people during yeah. a concert movie? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and if Sarah or John or one of your Taylor Swift uh, fan buddies gets sick that time, guess what? You all are going to go again when they're when they're better. And then yep. that's another seven. That's seven tickets the next time instead of six. <laughs> so, like, it's it's a very, very good. It's a very, very, very good idea. How she went about it. I don't know. I'm not yep. I'm not made of money, so I'm not mad because I'm I'm just a person. I'm not yep. a businessman, but um, that's pretty freaking smart. And she's going to be a gazillionaire. Not that yeah. she already isn't flirting with that. If she's making two to three billion on her tour, she makes another maybe two billion from the movie. Plus, she has a deal with Amazon to stream afterwards, which is probably another millions. <laughs> she's set for life, not that she wasn't already, off of one tour. That's insane. Like, just I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying, mind. five artists in the next year do this year and year and a half. Yep. Five artists. I'm. I bet you Beyonce's filming it right now. For real. And then it becomes <laughs> and then it turns into a wave and becomes a different experience. And then we revisit what is a concert experience versus going to a movie concert experience. Yeah. Can you picture us in like a year and a half having this conversation on this podcast where we're like, all right, so we've had quite a concert year. We're doing our <laughs> movies of the year now. Now yep. we have a concert section. Jay-Z, Beyonce, Dua Lipa, Taylor Swift and Kendrick. I don't know the first five artists that came to my head. Yeah. So I'd like the Kendrick one more because of the angles, but he didn't pull pull his best set. So Beyonce, though, I don't know what she's paying her cameraman, but the angles that they got in that one, that's obviously concert movie of the year. It's happening. It's, it's I would it's be happening. shocked if Beyonce does not put out a, a movie for her concert as well. This but yeah, insane. I mean, I think this is the start of something big. Um, yeah. And I think we're going to see a ton of it. But yeah, that, that's wow. all I had for news. I'm going to be thinking about this one for a while. This is mm -hmm. like, this is insane. <laughs> How does Craig um, follow that one up? <laughs> speaking of, um, you know, gazillionaire recording artists putting out a movie of themselves at a concert, we had a Nintendo, I guess, Mario, well, Mario Direct specifically on the 31st of August, showcasing more of what to expect in the upcoming Super Mario Wonder game. And wow, that was a wonder. I don't know about you, gentlemen. But sorry, I laughed at my own stupidity with that joke there. But I loved the footage that they showed. They showcased three new power-ups. Uh, we have an elephant fruit, a uh, bubble, and a drill. All different things that I think are adding to the... Is there a better word than psychedelic? But, like, difference? I'm just going to keep saying different instead of, instead of psychedelic Yeah. for, the, for, the, for this game. Um, this is Mario on Shrooms. It really is. It is Mario on Shrooms. What I liked was the different settings that they showed. I immediately thought Super Mario Brothers 3 and how different the worlds and the landscapes are and how um, 
how you felt when you when you beat one and went to the other. So they did a good job showcasing that as well. Uh, multiple playable characters as well. Multiple Yoshis. You got to- Blue Toad and Toadette. He got a bunch of different things going on. So it was a good, what was it, like 10, 15 minutes, Barry? Yeah, 10 to 15. I think it was closer to 15. 15. Closer to 15. So there's it, there's just a lot new enemies. It, it It's just new all around. So it looks like what they're doing is they're combining the classic aspects of either a Super Mario World or Super Mario Brothers, I guess even combined, you know, in a little bit of sense with what they're doing. But they're also modernizing it with... Uh, not only certain gameplay mechanics from other games, but also just making it just fresh and new in 2023. So it looks pretty freaking good if I could use such language on this podcast. I'm excited Um, to play it for sure. Are we all buying it? Oh, that's pre-ordered my guy. Okay. All right, cool. Just checking. Oh, I'm waiting. (laughs) All right. There's There's a a reason it's called the flower, right? Right. Is there not like it's there's something else that week, right? Is it out October or September? It's October. See, that's the it? tricky. It's it's I think it's actually no. No, RPG is November. It is out in October. It's Super the, it's Mario the, RPG. It's the same day as Spider-Man. Ah, October 20th. Nintendo so fears no one. Nintendo fears no one. Okay, so yeah, Spider-Man, Super Mario. Um is that Oh no, Assassin's Creed's before that. And then the yep. week after that is the Metal Gear Solid collection and Alone mm. in the Dark. Yeah. Okay. Didn't didn't Alan Wake back off of that date? Was yeah, that what it, it was originally too? It was on yep. the 20th. That's what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Alan Wake backed off. But yep. as Barry said, Nintendo fears no one. Whew, they feel they, they fear no one. <laughs> Except their own lawyers. I would fear their lawyers mm-hmm. if I were them. <laughs> But yeah, um, that's really all I have. Um, I I also had the PlayStation Plus mon- money debacle because I was completely outraged when I read that. So, uh, but like that's all the news I got. Sweet. So I guess really the only thing I'm surprised Craig didn't mention is uh, Saints Row developer Volition shut down. Yeah. Um, mm. You're a Saints Row guy, so I thought yeah. you know I was trying to give you the Saints Row floor. Uh, Pour one it, out for the homies. And, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we all kind of saw it coming, though, after I liked the last Saints Row game. I know most people didn't, but that was kind of like the nail in the coffin for them. Now, they did say that, like, they still plan on doing stuff with mm-hmm. the Saints Row. Just that company itself is absorbed into other companies that bought it. So it is a sad day, though. Saints Row is. Yeah. They Saints Row went right after GTA in that 360 PS3 era, and I appreciate them for trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just too bad the comeback wasn't. There. Yeah, his cut. Yeah. The comeback isn't wasn't as good as we'd hoped. Yep. Yeah. Games this week. Yes. I have played Starfield. This man paid money to play it early. I did. I did pay money. Cash it money. was only it was only thirty bucks. It didn't. I didn't mind it too much. I thought about it, but uh, I was playing Sea of Stars and Remnant 2. So. Oh, that's right. Yes. I have Sea of Stars 2. So I, I did not pay the money. I figured I'd wait till tomorrow to play yeah. as of this recording. I can't say what other games would that are coming out, but there was a game that got me off of Baldur's Gate 3, and it is Sea of Stars. Fair. I want a fanboy okay. on this with you guys. I really want a fanboy <laughs> with you here. 
Yeah. So we can I all talk about Sea of Stars. Uh, yeah. Sea of Stars then, because we all played that. Uh, available through Xbox and PlayStation uh, yep. subscriptions if you have them. Sea of Stars, uh, just uh, I am probably the least furthest out of all of you, out of both of you, just because that came what's out. Your, and then I what's like, what's our play time so we can get an idea? Because it tells Ooh. you. Ugh, probably say probably an hour 15 okay i think when when i saved i was over eight i'm around you i'm around where you are craig okay cool all right continue i was just curious well no uh like for me i'll let you mostly talk about it uh, early impressions are i really like it um it reminds me of like older type of rpgs that i used to play when i was little and mm-hmm. i think it just has this certain amount of polish that those uh like those games don't have that we expect to have now in our games. So Sea of Stars is good. I just want to know what what character did we all pick? Are we the su- the Blade Sun Dancer or nope. the I used Valerie? The girl. Yeah, Valerie. Yep. We're, we're, we all picked the girl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Not that it matters. You can switch. Yeah, it doesn't um, hurt. I think like my impressions of it is it looks good. The music is good. Um, I think that I think the writing is bad. Um, but I don't know. I just felt like a lot of the lines in this are very cheesy. I think the story is pretty cheesy, but the idea of everybody leveling up at the same time is interesting to me. Um, you really don't level up that much. Um, I think I'm level eight or nine. Okay. Eight hours in. So I feel like I don't level up a whole lot. It makes it challenging. I feel like the the boss battles, even normal battles, can be pretty challenging. Um, I like the idea of like certain care, like when you're fighting somebody and they have like you have to do this type of damage to knock them out of their bigger attack. I think that's a cool idea. Um, but yeah, I've been playing it and I'm like, I'll play it and I'm like, man, this writing is so cheesy. But for some reason, I can't stop playing it and I don't know what it is. There's just something about the game that I'm like, I could play other things, but I'm just going to play this. I like a lot of the things you said there, Craig. Um, Like I wrote down some notes and Mm -hmm. I don't normally read them off the paper, but I'm just going (laughs) to. It's not a lot of notes, but I put like amazing soundtrack, challenging yet fair battle system, decent character dialogue. (laughs) Zelda-like exploration in terms of finding artifacts that can get you further and also cause backtracking. Mm-hmm. Um, that one is light. It's a it's a light comparison, but like it's not like it's not like oh, it's like Zelda at all. But I enjoyed finding uh, one particular thing that made me go, oh, I remember these things previous. Let me go get that item that was behind that thing. Now that I have the thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I think the decent um, dialogue is on purpose. I, I don't know. I don't know how much to trying to stay true with how writing used to be mm-hmm. in terms of RPGs, but like that, that just feels on purpose. But cause I, I got to a part and this doesn't spoil anything for you, Barry, but there was literally a part where you're trying to recruit a group to sail with <laughs> and they're like pirates yep. and like they proposition you in a classic RPG way. And then they like break the fourth wall and talk about how that yep. is a classic RPG way. And then you break off with your team to talk about it and like, I don't know, should we trust these pirates? Should we trust? And then a pirate is coming around and they're like, 
Pokemon? Are there any other RPG tropes you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about the fact that there's a random dude in a cabin in the woods that sells a dagger for 25,000 gold? (laughs) Do you want to talk about the further you go north, the blacksmiths all seem to get better and better at their craft? And I'm like, these are RPG things. Yep. I was laughing to myself. That was good. It was out Mm -hmm. of nowhere, too. Mm -hmm. But like, other than that, that makes me think that it's not trying to take itself too seriously with the dialogue. Um, Apparently, no matter who you are, Zale, Zale or Valerie, it doesn't matter. You get the same experience. But it's really, I couldn't stop playing it either, Craig. And I think it's because of the gameplay. Yeah. Um, The gameplay. Uh, the, the soundtrack does it for me too. So like that keeps me like invigorated, like each new area. What's this, what's the track going to be, but I like it. It's not game of the year, but it might be RPG recreation game of the year. If that's going to be one of our, our, I don't think that's ever a category. I'll have to write that down and I'll have to see if that makes the cutting list, but I will. I mean, I think this is a good candidate for best surprise. Yeah, I think so, too. Right. Like, I don't think any of us expected, like, the world of this game. I think, Craig, you are the most hyped on it. Um, yeah. I wasn't, like, super hyped, but I was like, oh, it's on Game Pass. I'll try it. And then I was just like, oh, man, I, it, it does a good job of, like, where it, it explains, like, all right, you need to go here and do this. So in my head, I'm like, yeah, I'll go do this. And then you do it and it takes, like, 30 to 45 minutes. You go back and then they're like, all right, now you need to go do this. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll do that real quick, too. And then before you know it, you're like three hours deep and you're like, oh, whoops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't cook dinner. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's a good thing about a game that you lose track of time. Now, there's too many games I feel like I play nowadays where I'm like playing. And then in the cutscenes, I'm looking at my phone and then like doing all this other stuff. But that game, I don't do that. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, it's a good one. I think everybody should try it, especially if you have Game Pass or, or PlayStation yeah, Plus. It's on Definitely. both. Give it a whirl. Yep. Remnant of Starfield. I can do Remnant real quick. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the first Remnant. I think this one improves on a lot of what I didn't like. I feel like the the movement and the shooting feels a lot better than it did in the first one. I don't know how much... Barry, did you play a lot of the first one? I did play a little bit of the first one. I am okay. very interested in the second one, especially yeah. from how well it reviewed. I just think like the first one was so clunky to me that I ended up dropping yep. it because I was like, ah, oh, this just doesn't feel good. This right away, like you get right into this game. You're like, oh, this feels much better. It kind of reminds me of like how I felt first time playing Destiny. It's not that mm-hmm. fluid, but I was like, yeah, this like I'm pulling off headshots and I'm like, rolling around kind of like gears of war rolls. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is what I wanted from the first one. Um, I want to play more of it. I think it's a good game, but I've just been keep going back to sea of stars for the moment. So like, I'm going to try and obviously now Starfield tomorrow, um, depending on whether or not I like that game. And then you got what NBA as well this week, but I do want to play more remnant because I think it, it's something is extremely right about that game. I just need to figure out what it is and if I want to put the time in to complete it, because it's a long game. Yeah, um, we should we should do that one together because like we're all intrigued by that one. Remnant? I think we should do that one together. And yeah. I, I do think if I if I remember the first one came on Game Pass a little bit afterwards. So a part okay. of me is waiting for this to be a Game Pass game. Just Got you. Something that is I right think it, I think it very well could be on Game Pass yeah. soon. 
All right. Uh, what everybody's I'll waiting for? Home. Starfield. Starfield. Yes. I am a good six hours into it. I put okay. I put time and my money into <laughs> Starfield. Okay. Um, for the for and the he hates most it, everybody. Part, <laughs> and I am I'm very mixed. I don't remember the, a time that I was this mixed on a game. I don't necessarily hate the dialogue or hate the story going on. I really don't. Um, a lot of my problem is with the game's performance and visual wise. Um, I I, I want to remind people that Bethesda went and made a new engine for this game for their next gen games, and a very popular thing happening on the internet this week was comparing Starfield to Horizon Forbidden West that has now mm-hmm. come out two years ago at this point or a year ago. Year ago. Mm-hmm. Year ago. Um, the difference is night and day. Horizon Forbidden West still outperforms this game in every single way imaginable. Um, smaller game, but, though, right? And I guess maybe a smaller game. But and, and here's the thing with a lot of the a lot of what Starfield has to do. Mm-hmm. Starfield, like, I don't mind their character movement, but they're like the inside of their mouths. They're just black. It's like Skyrim-like. you can see. Mm. yeah it, it's kind of funny i made i made it almost looks like the person like that you're talking to all of their mouths they use that charcoal like toothpaste <laughs> okay and yeah, it yeah. like there's black around their teeth and things like that it's like i get it's meant to be like distinctive but it just looks a little funny okay. in, in a lot of the ways that i'm in a lot of the ways that i'm playing there are a lot of mechanics this game throws at you that i don't feel get like flushed out well enough they're in my six hours, I definitely have spent at least two hours wondering, wait, what am I doing? What the hell do you want me to do? <laughs> I have to go into a menu because there, there's all this like there's so much menu hopping and I'm not the biggest fan of that. It the game like the game's like outer world and stuff. I, I, I don't think it looks bad like space travels fine. But, you know, one of the things that I think and apparently this is gaining traction like. Todd Howard came out and said that you would be able to like fly to planets and things like that uh, during this streamer uh, and game personality and also writer for Santa Monica studio, Lana Pierce went and set a travel to Pluto wasted seven hours to drive to put to, to go to Pluto. And then her, her spaceship phased right through it. <laughs> there was no like actual, like moving from orbit to planet you have to like engage in like, okay, I'm landing here, that kind of thing. Like it's one of those things where the planet is essentially a, a flat piece of paper. And unless you interact with the flat piece of paper correctly, you just go right through it. Uh, which I, I apparently a lot of people have been hating on Starfield for as of recently. Um, but now I will field any questions that the crowd may have. That sounds very Bethesda like though. Yes, absolutely so, is. Question I have um, yes. is I'm not a fan of Skyrim. We've talked about this before. I enjoyed Fallout 4 for a decent amount of time. Can I play this game as a first person shooter like I played Fallout 4 and have a good time? I think or is so. It, OK, all right. That's fair. Mm um piggybacking off of that how is the shooting and the first person how is the 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 battlings (laughs) i i I actually think it's pretty good 
I okay. I haven't okay. had any issues. It doesn't feel bad. Like I remember when I played like Fallout 76 and I'm going to keep harping back to that because they should have paid me to play that game. <laughs> um, but like and I didn't play Fallout 4. I remember playing Fallout 3 like shooting was a little wonky in that one. This is pretty, pretty, pretty good. I, I don't have okay. any issues. I feel like it's all pretty smooth for uh, for the most part with everything you kind of can do. Uh, with the game, I feel like shooting wise is fine. I think battling people will be easy enough. I don't see any issues with that. I guess like it, it's just that there's so much the game doesn't tell you. I got into an altercation. People landed ahead of me. So I jumped off a low gravity planet of like this like little um, it's it's like a ledge. I was going from the ledge of like, let's say, a, uh, not a roof, but like a mid-level home down to the ground. Now, the game doesn't tell you that if you jump off at a distance, you're going to sprain your leg or do <laughs> something to do something to your body. And it's a low gravity planet. I was falling slow. And then the game goes prognosis. You sprained your leg. And I was like, wait, what? What did I do? I, I OK, like and there are little tiny debuffs with that. So like until my sprained leg gets better, my character grunts when he's when he's when he's uh, crouched so when i stealth like real I'm life. Not, yeah i'm not stealthy or anything like that it's kind of strange um <laughs> character creator wise like I, and i know a lot of bethesda games try to do like this whole like okay what's your background and things like that i personally don't believe there are enough options especially coming from a game like Baldur's gate 3 where creating your character is almost as big of a moment as playing the game where Bethesda does try to like kind of innately do the same thing. They want your character. They want as much self immersion into the Starfield universe as humanly possible. The character creator isn't bad by any means, but it's all of the preset storyline stuff that you can do, whether or not like there's one that goes, you have parents yep. effect. You can visit your parents. That's very Fallout, though. The parents yeah, it, thing. Isn't, yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's just some of that stuff that I was like, you know, I wish there was more variety in, in yeah. what some of the presets that you could do were. And yeah. from there, like, I'm going to try and continue to play Starfield, but I am mixed because of the, like, how lost I am on some of the controls. And I'm not sure, like, if you guys will have the same issue as me, but the game looks washed out. Like hmm. it does not look colors and the game does not look correct on my TV. Yes. And I've been, I've been in the settings. There's no display settings. There's no HDR setness in this game. There is no SDR brightness. Like most games nowadays allow you to edit that. This yeah. game does not have that. You cannot hmm. edit the brightness. There is no display like settings, which I find a very odd thing to leave out. Like, I know that they like they're like, OK, Xbox is 4K, what, 30 frames a 30 second or frames. 60 frames? 30. Yeah. I get that you want that locked in. But if my color doesn't look right, why can't I fix it? Like, it's not my TV. I know it's not my TV because I go into other games on Xbox and it looks just fine. Okay. It's something to do with Starfield. And I'm interested That's to see if. Like maybe a day one patch pushed out to you guys and that issue is solved. But mm -hmm. for me, who's been playing it for four days, that is not the case. 
it looks strange. And I think That's there are probably a couple articles written about uh, written about it as well. Um, I don't think this is the game that Xbox had. Ho- like, it is not the promised child that Xbox wants. Um, I do think there is good things that like that Bethesda can use in this game. Um, it is like it, it is a very like epic sci-fi adventure, and I think they do that very well. And I think the story is interesting. Like in in my four hours of playing it, it's just a matter of like all of the technical stuff is what's getting in the way of me enjoying what possibly could be a game that I like. But again, I'm, I'm currently mixed. Okay. Here's the thing. Craig and I literally, I mean, three of us did, but Craig and I literally just talked about a game that we could not put down, not because of the story or anything, but because of the mechanics. And yep. that game is, is nowhere near <laughs> the high. Like this is what we're talking about with these big games. Like you have to get it right or push the darn thing back. Like or or figure it out. I don't know. I I'm tired of things launching and then relying on the game, the, the day the whatever day pass or sorry patch, to fix things. Like have it good at release or at least as best as it possibly can be. We've seen games do it. We've seen big games do it. Why can't you? Like this is supposed to be their baby. They had a watch that they created for this moment for people yeah. to spend more money on in anticipation. And you can't change the color. <laughs> you, We talk about – it's not rarely, but sometimes we're like, wow, that game had great accessibility. And look at all these different settings that you can adjust and such like that. And, and, and you're telling me in Starfield, you can't – you're left wondering – well, you weren't wondering, but somebody out there is wondering if it's their television because of how bad the game <laughs> – is looking in specific moments or washed out in specific moments. Like that's quite frustrating. You know, like I toyed with the idea of like even, and I'm sure other people did of not relying on game pass to play this game. And I'm like really glad that I am relying on game pass to play this game. Um, and you said earlier, you were like, I don't know how, to some degree, I'm loosely quoting you, Barry. I don't know how long I'm going to be playing Starfield, and then you trailed off after that. I'm going to finish your sentence for you. (laughs) You don't know how long you're going to be playing Starfield because of so many better games that are going to be coming out throughout this year. Um, Sorry to get that forceful. I'm just mad that a game (laughs) like Starfield is is having some of these issues that I'm that I'm hearing. I think it's it's reviewing (laughs) fairly well, though, isn't it? It is reviewing fairly well. Um, it's not, kind of kind of seems all over the place. Like, if you're somebody who's casually into gaming and looking for reviews, IGN gave it a seven. That mm-hmm. is not a high score by any means. It is sevens are in their book like okay to good games. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's how I kind of feel about uh, Starfield, just due to a lot of the technical stuff. But and I can I'll bring it up on Metacritic here just to see what. Um, yeah, I mean, score wise, my my thought was me personally was like, I didn't I have not beaten a Bethesda RPG ever. Right. Like I bounce off Skyrim very quickly. I played Fallout 4 for a while, but I never beat it. I have every intention of like I have PTO from work to burn. Right. So I had off. Um, yeah. Saturday, Sunday, 
Monday. We're recording on a Monday. Comes out tomorrow. I have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off. So I have the next three days off. And I had every intention of being like, I'm going to give this a extremely hard shot here to put some time in until NBA comes out. Um, but I don't know. It's starting to sound like it's going to be like every other Bethesda game where I play it for like four or five hours and then never touch it again, which is fine if it's on Game Pass. Um, thankfully, I didn't pay for it. But I guess deep down, I was kind of hoping like this was the the Bethesda game to get me because we all love Mass Effect, right? That's what we want. Yeah. We want like a Mass yeah. Effect style RPG. Um, oh, please. Yeah. Where's my Mass Effect 4, by the way? Whatever I, happened to I that? know. <laughs> disappeared off the face Bio, of the yeah bioware is in deep crap so mm-hmm. i don't know yeah i don't know it's when's the next time we're, yeah when the next time we're seeing anything like that come out again yeah um good i was just gonna say uh like starfield is sitting very pr- like pretty well at 86 uh on metacritic which mm-hmm. um like notable and that's what i was looking at was kind of more notable reviews and seeing sure. who reviewed it wise like um, IGN Spain gave it a 10 out of 10, but IGN gives it a se- gives it a seven. Um, like here's like, here's the thing here. I'm, I'm trying to look and see. So when you guys go to like gaming sites to look at your reviews, like what kind of places are you looking at? Like who do you, I personally, to? I personally think that IGN is a joke. I feel like yeah, they, I don't look they've, at IGN they've been a joke for years. Um, yeah, I, I games, actually mock game IGN. Spot, yeah, I do too. GameSpot um Mm -hmm. i used to go to kotaku a lot not so much anymore um but i think i gamespot's usually the one i go to so gamespot is Mm -hmm. down in the 70 area like where ign is game informer uh is at 85 like all well what's funny to Mm -hmm. me is it seems like all of the places and i have to see what the verge ends up doing i end up i do like the verge Mm -hmm. like all of the people that have named uh, like Starfield High, and, and I'll show you Xbox Addict. I've never heard right. of them. I have heard of Game Rant. Yep. Washington Post yeah. gave it gave it a uh, gave it a ten out of ten. Gaming Bible, Gaming Bolt, Cute Newsblood, <laughs> which is probably German. Yeah. Hey, poor player. Attack of the Fanpoy. Generation Xbox. Somos oh, yeah. Xbox. <laughs> mondo xbox who do they just give everybody like credit for reviewing games like how are we not so. on here yet i think so um and it's the same thing like you're gonna see 10 out of 10s from the xbox focus websites just like you see 10 out of 10s from the playstation focus websites for sony yeah. first party games or nintendo um i think yeah i think when it all cleared i think we're looking in the 70 range probably for this game which is probably lower than Microsoft wants it to be, I would think. Or, yeah, or anticipates. Oh, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think they were thinking game of the year candidate with this game. Yeah. And I I mean, you're going up against Zelda first and foremost. Number um, one. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not forget about that. But I, I'm so excited to try it tomorrow. Yeah. And I, I, hope you, I hope you guys do. I hope you guys get to like, I hope they just fix whatever issues I had. Mm-hmm. And then that way you guys could join a bit more. But yeah, we'll see. Again, I I think it's not far off from what people want from like a Mass Effect, but sure. like technically wise, like this game, like you got to do better. You got to do better technically. Like this has to be a much better walkthrough experience because this is this is going to be a lot of people's first Bethesda game because yeah. it's on Game Pass and you mm-hmm. can play it. Whereas 
you know, Fallout 76 came out to a terrible, terrible, th- like, review-wise, so people did not want to play that. I didn't want to play it. Yep. Uh, this is just, we yeah, tried. This is just turning, yeah, <laughs> this is just turning into me bashing uh, Fallout 76 again. Feels like I do I this it. every year. Um, <laughs> yes. But, like, Starfield is, Starfield's going to be a lot of people's first Bethesda game, and I think it does enough to impress, but... Uh, Veteran gamers like us are going to notice the details that don't seem right or don't feel like they belong. That's fair. That's fair. Starfield, everybody. Starfield. Starfield. <laughs> Let's go into shows then. Shows, movies, okay. TV shows. Let's do it. Uh, for, for me, I've got to watch a lot. You know, there's a Shoko, which I've been keeping up with. Uh, mm-hmm. I've, I am more than halfway through Netflix's adaptation of One Piece. Oh, God. I've heard it's not bad it's not terrible <laughs> fair um okay that's all you watched one piece yes. okay um i watched uh, indiana jones and the dial of destiny and i also watched the last voyage of the demeter okay i got my copy of across the spider verse early nice that i that i ordered so that's what i watched this week in between sea of stars and Baldur's gate three <laughs> <laughs> that's fair Tell me why Across the Spider-Verse is the best movie I've ever seen. Because <laughs> it is. Oh, my yes. God. Yes. Un- until, beyond until, until, until Beyond the Spider-Verse comes out. Yes. Yes. Okay, we're going to end up fighting because I don't think it's the best movie of the year. I will keep this short and sweet because you gentlemen talked about it. I'll get it out the way. And then I want to hear Last Voyage of Demeter and also sure. One Piece. And then the other movie you watched, uh, Craig. Um, Indiana Jones. <laughs> Indiana Jones. Kind of a big thing. And I forgot. Yeah. I didn't even- um, so short and sweet doing what it does best. I don't know why there aren't a lot of animated movies that are adopting this type of flair with that type of soundtrack. You guys know I'm a visual and sound type of person in, in all media that I consume. And this movie transcended my expectations. Not only were the, the, uh, I guess more athletic battle scenes, fantastic, but the way they changed the art style based off of what was going on you know, or where they were, like what universe or what, sorry, what part of the multiverse that they were in. Um, on top of that, they have a classic teenage love story where you're like, oh my God, can you guys just tell each other's feelings and stop with the <laughs> angst, you know, which is, you know, uh, you know, part of it there. But what really had me captivated was what were they going to do next? I found out that Metro Boomin did the soundtrack, which is, I, I've been following him for a while. And uh, for those of you at home who don't know Metro, who Metro Boomin', Boomin is, if you ever heard the song Bad and Bougie, he did. He he, he produced for that. Um, so I was blown away by essentially two senses that I possess like every other human um, at all times. And I liked the villain. Um, I had a very fun time with the whose voice is this? <laughs> kind of moment there because some of them you could just pick out other you have to like wikipedia or like you know i imdb but you can't go down too far to spoil it for yourself so you just got to find the cast you know it's a fun game um it's it's skyrocketed up my not as long list as the other two of you's movie <laughs> of the year because i don't i don't watch i don't watch as much as i should um but um i i was completely blown away and I think everybody should be, I know it's not going to gross the most, 
but this is like what they're what they're doing is fantastic and um i think it's one of the best films that i've watched this year fair as he sits there in his spider-man t-shirt yeah. I wore it on purpose. Let's just, go. So just so everyone's aware. All, all I have, all I have to say is, it's a very good movie. But at the end of the day, don't forget that John Wick came out this year as well. So, oh snap! No, abs- no absolutely. Like, <laughs> like I, it's a I, good will go, I will go back. Yeah, it. it this is. Yeah, it's, it's a, a great problem. problem to have. I, I have a lot of great movies that I love this year so much. Um, yeah. yeah, and you know, at some point, like I can't be the animated movie guy that I have been. <laughs> so I need, I need to eventually like, I, and don't, I love John wick, uh, too yeah. as well. So it's, yeah, that's right. There's, there's a, there's a good competition going on for one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Just recently, my most favorite movie is definitely cross. That's fair. It's a great movie. It's incredible. Got to get my copy tomorrow too. <laughs> um, okay, go ahead. Do you want to do yours? Do you want me to do mine? Uh, I can do mine uh, just because right. it's a little interesting. Uh, and Netflix's adaptation of One Piece. Yeah, this is um, as everybody knows, this is Barry's anime corner, but it's live action because Netflix is kind of strange uh, with trying to make animes. Uh, live action, I, I don't mind the characters too much. I like who they've casted to play Luffy, Zoro, Nami, Um Usopp and and the rest of them I I like that what it does is it's not trying to go like it's not trying to be as fillery as anime can be like this we're talking about an anime that has over a thousand episodes with (laughs) an ending that's apparently in sight or knows what the ending is but does not really give us what um, but we really have no idea for how much longer it's going for so it, it this is a task in itself trying to adapt something like this where it takes luffy five seasons to get where he is in one season with uh with the live action i think it's uh, i think it's interesting i think it's animated well enough it has kind of the zany bits of the anime blair and a lot of um like dramatic moments of panels and things like that are taken straight out uh, of the anime, which I do like those callbacks to it. I just think it sticks to the script too much, and that's what kind of makes it falter. The The live action thing could be your own interpretation of what One Piece is. It doesn't need to be a retelling of the anime, but I also feel like the reason this happened is because the director and the maker of One Piece is involved in how it, so he probably wanted it to stay as true as possible to his source material, where it doesn't really work in live action in, in, in my perspective. So I'm interested to see what other people think if they're willing to give it a shot. I feel like if you don't know anime or don't like one piece, you probably aren't watching this for whatever reason, like no matter what. So I completely understand. Um, not a lot of people watching this, but one piece is a, is a huge anime. And, um, you know, when is live action stuff worked? I think it works better than the live action (laughs) dragon ball movie. Okay. If that's what if that's what I have a is the CGI on okay? Death Note. I think the CGI is okay. I okay, do. cool. I've never watched work on Death episode. Note. Yeah, I've never watched an episode of One Piece. So okay, and it is better than Death Note too. I'll. I did try I'll watching that. that live action, and that was terrible. Yeah, so yes. it was bad. <laughs> just keep that in mind. I think like the, the character that plays uh, Luffy, he's very. 
He's very likable. And I think that's probably half the battle is that Luffy is an aloof character in a way. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And doesn't even know what his like his own power is. And mm. you're starting to get that in the latest animated part of the story. But that's not what this is. This isn't Barry's animated movie of <laughs> One Piece. It's the live action. Yay. Fair. Uh, okay. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Um, I love Indiana Jones. Let me preface this by saying Indiana Jones is one of my favorite um, collection of movies that I've watched. It's a big part of my childhood. So the last Indiana Jones, the one with Shia LaBeouf, I think gets bragged on a lot. I don't have a huge problem with the movie. I just don't think it's really Indiana Jones like um, this one. I felt like I was watching one of the movies from the 80s um, okay. and I thought it was fantastic. Um, OK, yes, he's like 80 years old, but he's still playing Indiana Jones to a T. Um, I think it works well. It just it feels like one of those old school action adventure movies. They're still using like the same sound effects when he punches people in the face like that stuff to me is just like if you're not if you don't like that older style of movie, you're probably going to watch this and be like, this is dumb. Um, but if you're into Indiana Jones and that like, all right, we got to find this artifact and we have to go here. Now we have to go here and find this clue. Now we got to go to this tomb and find this clue like a national treasure, which is national treasure. Got it from Indiana Jones. I think you're going to have a good time with it. This one might sneak into my top 10 in all honesty. I did not expect to like it, but after I watched it at my house, the first thing I said was I should have went and saw that in theaters. I I should have. Okay. Um, Just like out of more so out of respect to Harrison Ford, but also just to see it on a bigger screen with the loud. It would have been cool. Of course. Um, But yeah, I'm definitely buying that when that comes out. Uh, Super, super excited that it wasn't terrible. Um, mm-hmm. It works and him being able to pull off some of the stuff he does at 80 years old is just insane to me. Yeah. Um, he's a national treasure and we need to keep him alive forever. Um, oh, I see what you did. He's a national treasure. Get it? Yes. Cause you yes. said it early. Okay. Uh, and then last voyage of the Demeter. Um, I don't know why, but I have a soft spot for old time movies on ships. And I don't know what it is like master and commander back in the day with Russell Crowe. Freaking love that movie. Ah, it's so good. Um, I don't know. This is like it was a perfect blend of like old school, like old time on a ship. But there's Dracula's on the ship and he's just mauling people to death and just disgusting. Um, I thought it was awesome. Uh, they set it up as like and if you've ever read like the Dracula book, the last voyage of the meter is like the first couple chapters. It's how he ends up in London. And yeah. I really appreciate that at the end of the movie, they're setting up as like they can make more if they want to, because now he's in London. Um, that's what I was more curious about. Like, are they going to follow the book or are they going to be like, oh, he didn't make it off the boat or how do they handle that? I think they did a good job. Um, I don't know if this did well or not. I know it reviewed well. Um, I'm going to assume it probably didn't make a whole lot of money, but I'm hoping they get to make more. Um, the acting is phenomenal. Um, and, and I will a hundred percent go see another one. Um, this is another one I probably should have seen in theaters, but it came out on digital so fast. Like, mm. I think it's still in theaters right now, but like I looked on like Amazon prime and I was like, Oh, it's up already. What, what is oh, that? Okay. Yeah. So okay. Th- there's that. You can watch it at your house, not for free, but you know what I mean? Like you can rent it. Yeah. Um, and I was like, man, that was quick, but yeah, two for two this week, they were both entertaining. Um, and I don't think there's. I need to go see Equalizer. I think I might do that this week. Oh, uh, yeah. That'll Denzel. Be 
love love me some another Nicolette. national pre- treasure right there it really is um but yeah definitely those two sense. movies check them out last voyage of the mm-hmm. meter perfect for october um for halloween movies and then indiana jones yeah, yeah. is perfect for any time of the year all right i'm excited to watch indiana jones mm-hmm. i never i never got to go to the theater for that one so i'm interested yeah in okay all right well, I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. We appreciate anyone that takes the time out to listen. If you feel so inclined, please review this on your podcast listening platform of choice and share it with a friend if you think they'd like it. If you're watching on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe and comment on how how Starfield is the greatest game ever made. I'm just a you know, cynical, cynical a-hole for saying otherwise. Or the fact that I hate Bethesda so much. That's probably You could say that, too. How you have a vendetta against them. Yeah. There you go. Fallout 76 is the biggest vendetta I have with gaming right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll never let it go. But <laughs> I will have to let you guys go. And with that saying, we'll see you next time. See you later. Bye, guys. <laughs>